Well, hello there, and welcome to Ask Alley, your place for life advice with a metaphysical twist. Today is Monday, May 16th, 2016. I want to thank you for tuning in and giving me a listen to. If you'd like to get a reading, email me at alleythees at yahoo.com or hit me up on Keen, the info's in the show notes. And if you'd like to support me and the Ask Alley podcast on Patreon, the information to do so is also in the show's notes. And I would like to thank my, my, my one and only patron <laughs> thus far, Sandy. Thank you so much for your continued support. Um, I've had a few more emails about why I'm, I'm asking to be supported on Patreon. And quite frankly, uh, podcasts cost money. Cost money for the equipment. It costs money for... Uh, to have it hosted, and it takes time. This isn't something I do on a whim. Uh, so, any help is greatly appreciated. So, the announcements. I still have the out-of-body ecstasy survey up. If you guys could fill that out, if you're interested in telepathic dream or astral sex, I would greatly appreciate it. The URL is in the show's notes. And I'm sure there was something else I wanted to say. I just don't remember what it is off the top of my head. And I totally forgot to get my cards out to do the tarot overview of the week. So, here we are. Let's do it live. Um, yeah. And since the Native Spirit by Denise Lynn is sitting right next to me, as always, that is what I'm going to use. So let us shuffle, shall we? And see what kind of cards we get. I do this... Uh, I shuffle, I take out three cards. You guys pick card one, a card two, or a card three. And that is your overview for the week. This is the last full week of school here in Worcester. So, <laughs> the kids are, are a bit rambunctious. We go until the following Tuesday. And they have put me as a bus aide on the worst bus we have. <laughs> They think I can whip these kids into shape and make them sit down for the last seven days. We'll see. Although, I'm going to make sure I buy some wine on, on Monday before I go into work so that it's here when I come home. <laughs> okay, let's choose three cards. Shuffle one more time to make me happy. There we go. And do, do, do three cards. A card of one, a card of two, and a card of three. Hmm, so I will play, hopefully, the theme from Jeopardy, and I, too, will pick a card, since I haven't done it yet. You guys ready? Card one, a card number two, or a card number three. Card number three. I am picking number one. Okay, okay. So let's turn them over and see what we got. Hmm. Interesting threesome. No doubt about it. So if you are like me and you picked card number one, you picked prayer feather. Prayer. Feather, yes. And what it means is love is flowing to you and through you. No matter what an individual is saying or doing, love him or her anyway. 
Gather your inner forces silently and secretly. Love deeply and fully with every ounce of your being, even if it's if someone isn't fulfilling your expectations. Because it's easy to love people when they're acting wonderful, wonderfully. True challenge is to love them when they aren't. Okay, so that's card number one. Prayer feather. <laughs> ah, okay, if you picked card number two, you picked the trickster. Uh-huh. And with the trickster, things are not as bad as they seem. Something that seems bad may in fact be good and vice versa. Don't take everything at face value. Look beneath the surface. This card encourages you to try to find humor or gentle amusement in seemingly difficult situations. It also encourages you to have irrepressible fun. Step out of the mold. I'm surprised I didn't pick two for this week. <laughs> Seeing that the bus I'm going to be on. And if you picked card number three, you picked Freedom Horse. Let your spirit fly. Do not hold back. Break free and express yourself. Flaunt your stuff. Dance, laugh, explore, and go beyond predictable behavior. Get out of the rut. You don't need to fit the mold. Be daring. Fling your arms to the heavens. Enjoy. So, overall, it seems like this week, for no matter which card you picked, is that have a little fun this week. Don't take life so seriously. Things may not be as uh, bad as they seem. And no matter what situation you're in, just love it. Because whatever situation you find yourself in, you're there for a reason. Reason may not be apparent, but it's there. Now again, card number one was prayer or feather. Second one was trickster. And the third one was freedom horse. Woohoo! All right. You know, I have five cats in this office with me. And so far, they are behaving themselves considerably. You know, I'm taping this again on Sunday, which is when I'm, I so happen to do the Ask Alley. Now, when I record them, since I'm not here on Mondays, and it snowed. There was actual snow outside. Gimli, Yellow Lab, and I were outside. He was doing his thing. And all of a sudden, we're getting pelted. <laughs> like, he was just as surprised as I was. Uh, life is interesting, is it not? So, which brings us to the topic of the week. Now, I posted on Facebook, like, what are you guys interested in listening, you know, finding out about this week? I posted it on the Alley Thieves Friends page and then my own personal uh, Facebook page. And the most votes, uh, people wanted to hear about fear. So, topic of this week is fear, taming the beast. Because really, that's what fear is. Fear keeps us from our greatness. We all have greatness, every single one of us, no matter if you are um, a janitor in a school, to a CEO of a Fortune 100 company, to an actor, to a small town newspaper reporter, to a stay-at-home mom, to an out-of-work dad. It doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing. As long as you're human and you are alive, there's greatness in you. But most of us never find that greatness because of fear. 
And fear is based on the what if of the future. Fear is your imagination working on negative future scenarios. Right? So fear is your imagination working on negative future scenarios. So the fear isn't even based on anything right here in front of you. Okay, now granted there are healthy fears about uh, jumping out of an airplane and parachute or um, going bungee jumping or, you know, that type of fear is healthy and that's the type of fear I'm talking about, okay? The fear that consumes most of us is based on our imaginations working on negative future scenarios. But if you think about in every instance that you were fearful, what you were fearful about, is that what actually happened? 85% of the time, it's not. However, fear is the first place 75% of people turn to when faced with change and an uncertain future. And I am no different than that. Why? Because here in the U.S., and I'm saying the U.S. because this is where I live, and uh, this is is what I watch and read and listen to, U.S., Um, We're conditioned to think that way in the United States. As many of my friends from all over the world have mentioned to me (laughs) from time to time. Um, In the U.S., we're conditioned to feel this way. Or, yeah, to think this way. It doesn't matter what our gender is, our religion, our social economic status, our education level, our race. Fear has no boundaries. It attacks all of us. Now, from childhood, we're blessed with messages about not having that, whatever that may be. Uh, usually it's about not being part of something, not being part of the cool crowd, not being part of, um, I don't know, the, the church's community group, not being part of the little clique of friends, not being part of uh, the, the family that gets to go places, not being part of the family that drives a new car, just not being a part of something, you know, not having enough money or love, that also puts you into belonging with something or home. And advertisers, marketers, and news people know that fear makes us buy, fear makes us watch, makes us watch their shows that they insert the commercials in, that put the fear in us that makes us want to buy something because we don't want to be absent from whatever the commercial is showing us. And I found it interesting in my social psychology class when I was getting my bachelor's. It has been scientifically proven here in the U.S. that people will respond to a message that will have them avoid a negative situation as opposed to stepping into something positive and happy. For example, more people responded to, therefore they purchased, a product that said, you know, avoid being left behind. That was the, and fill in the blank, avoid being left behind of being a Jeep Wrangler owner and being able to go off-road. I, I don't know, I'm making that last part up. But avoid being left behind, more people responded to, then be part of a thriving fill in the blank. You know, be happy and safe. Less people would respond to that than, you know, keeping your your body 
uh, I don't know, keeping your house secure from robbers, keeping your um, jewelry safe from prying eyes, stuff like that. People respond to more than, you know, be healthy and fit. It's just, it's strange to me. <laughs> how, But we're conditioned. Okay, back to the original message. We're conditioned to think about negative. We're conditioned to think about fear. Now, how can you tame the fear beast? It doesn't happen overnight. Because remember, you've been conditioned to fear since you popped out of the womb. And your parents have been conditioned to fear. And your siblings are conditioned to fear. And your grandparents and your uncles and your aunts and your cousins... And your friends, and your friends' parents, and your neighbors. <laughs> so it goes on and on and on and on, this, this effect of um, being conditioned to fear. So what you have to do is recondition yourself by being aware that you're in fear mode and then finding the root of that fear. All fear is rooted someplace. And the media marketing news messages feed that root fear. The root is usually caused by our family. No offense to family, but the root is usually caused there. Because remember, they were brought up into the fear as well. And as a child, growing up into our 20s, we are conditioned by the people we are around. That is what influences us, okay, by our environment, about the people we are around. Remember that. So it usually stems back to family. Not always, it's not 100%, but usually. Okay? So when you're procrastinating something, when you're avoiding something, when you're up at night sweating because you're so scared about something, you know, it's not that you're, you're crazy, it's not that you're lazy. It's that you're fearful. So step one. What you have to do is you have to catch yourself in the fear. So when you're being fearful, catch yourself being fearful. Pay attention to how it makes you feel when you have fear. Okay, because that feeling you get, that overwhelming you know, dread, and it feels like somebody is trying to burrow a hole right through you. At least that's how it feels for me. That is when you're being fearful of something. And it, it makes you feel like crap, doesn't it? Fear is a horrible emotion uh, when, it, when it's stopping us from doing something um, that will probably be pretty beneficial to us. Save my house situation. Me, my son, and all my animals that I've saved and the animals that I keep saving outside, we have no place to go. When my house is taken from me, we are being flung out into the wind. <laughs> There's nobody we can stay with. There, there's nothing. Literally nothing to go to right now. And that should make me so scared that I want to crawl up into a ball in my bed and just cry all day. But that's not going to get me anywhere. And I do not like the way that makes me feel at all. And I'm fearful about something that hasn't happened yet. We're still here in the house. And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next week. I don't know if this amazing opportunity is going to show up and we get to move not only out of Worcester, maybe out of Ohio. Maybe to the water, which is where I've always wanted to go. You never know. I don't know. 
And so because I don't know, I choose when I feel that fear, because I know what it feels like now because I'm consciously aware of it, I choose not to feel that. Okay? So, step one, catch yourself in the fear and pay attention to how you are feeling when that fear arises. Okay, step one. Step two, think back to when the root of that fear surfaced. Now, for me, I have gone back through many points in my life, tracing it backwards, um, about where it was fearful that we wouldn't have a place to live. And I found that tracing this backwards, it goes back past my second ex-husband, my son's father. It goes back past my first ex-husband, because my first ex-husband was in the Army, and we traveled quite a bit. We never knew where we were going to live. And it even goes past back past that to where? To my family. <laughs> and although I had a decent childhood, and once we moved to Hartville, we never did move. My mom still lives in the house. But there was always this constant fear of never being able to make the mortgage. And they always made it. In fact, they're making double payments on it. But it was the discussions and it was the atmosphere of always being afraid that we weren't going to live there. It was a constant fear. And so I took that constant fear from childhood and I have put myself in situations throughout my life. Choices got me to places to where I am now. And here I am again. I don't ever want to be in this position again. So I'm refusing to allow the fear to take over. I have found to where the fear has rooted itself, okay, to where it first surfaced. Now, when you find that root, and again, it's probably from childhood, recognize that fear was not placed by you initially. The root doesn't belong to you. It was planted, but not by you. It was planted by somebody else. So you have to tell that root that it no longer has power over you and it's time for it to go. For myself, I imagined that root in childhood. I imagined me digging it up, prying that big old ass root out of the middle of my home, taking it up and burning it and waving bye-bye. Literally, that's what my imagination did. I watched it burn. I said, I, I don't need you. You have no purpose in my life any longer. Bye-bye. And I waved. And as I'm telling you this, I'm waving like I did in my imagination. Okay? And then step three, when you know you're in fear mode, and you're going to know it by the, the how you feel inside. That's how you're going to know it. You're going to be able to change your perception by imagining a positive outcome. Now, when you find the root of your fear, like myself, I went back, found the root. It's still going to take time, even when you dig it up and tell it to go, you know, bye-bye. It's still going to take time for you to recondition yourself not to still have that fear. Okay, so you remove the root, and then you keep working with yourself. But when that fear shows up in whatever situation, like for myself, my house, and being homeless, I take that fear, I stop it because it has no place. I've already dismantled the root. It's no longer there. 
And I take that fear, push it to the side, and I bring in a positive conclusion. I don't know where I'm going to live. I have no idea. So I don't imagine with that positive outcome an actual residence. What I, what I imagine is someplace safe with me, my son, and all my animals. Safe place that I can afford, wherever that place may be. Okay, and you would do that for each of the fears that prop up. A lot of people have relationship fears. You have to go back to where your first relationship um, went south and dig up that route and, uh, and work from there. But there's three steps. Catch yourself. Pay attention to the feeling. Two, step back. Think back to when the root of fear surfaced. Dig it up and tell it to go bye-bye. Step three, when you're in that fear mode for that particular thing, what an object, change your perception by imagining a positive outcome. Now, I have several fears going on. I have the house thing, and then I have the career thing, and I also <laughs> took that back to childhood and realized, because you know, hindsight is wonderful, realizing all of the things that were said to me as a kid because I did not fit into the mold of a traditional worker, you know, office worker, you know, accountant, which is the path that I was being sent on. Uh, even though I wanted to be an archaeologist, I was still steered to the accountant path. But uh, I was um, told many times over my lifetime uh, that... Uh, well, just let's just say a lot of discouraging things about what I do and my dreams and my creativity and working for myself and whatnot. So I have taken the root and I'm still clearing out the vines because there's vines too. Clearing out the vines from that. But I have put everybody who has, uh, not maybe deliberately, but contributed to the fear. I've put them on the back burner and I only associate with them when I have to. I don't seek them out. I don't have conversations with them. It's only when I have to speak to them. And again, this group is also family. So there you have it. Now flower essences to help you with this. Uh, if you Google Green Hope Farms, which I always promote these guys. I don't make any money off them. <laughs> I just love their essences and they work. And I take great, great care in their essences. Anyways, Green Hope Farms. I have found quite a few of their essences that work well. Uh, there's Bottle Brush. There's Eggplant. Uh, Fever View. And then this combination one called All Ego Contracts Null and Void. You can go to their website, look each of them up, and read their, their explanations to see which one is the best for you. But there's Bottle Brush, Eggplant, Fever View, and All Ego Contracts and All in Void. They're all very helpful with getting rid of the negativity and opening up your chakras and your energy and um, spelling the fear. If you don't want to use flower essences and amethyst, I, I love my amethyst. I have one sitting right here. It is my go-to stone for just about everything. Uh, amethyst is great at, at quieting the fear, calming the nerves, opening up your chakras, opening up the energy to get the flow, helping you find the root of your fear. 
Um, if you are right-handed, hold your amethyst in your left. If you're left-handed, hold your amethyst in your right. And just allow its energy to be absorbed in your system until the fear you're feeling has quieted down. Amethyst, it, it, it's a multi-purpose stone. It has so many fantastic properties. Um, you know, and if you don't believe me that we're conditioned for fear, I mean, consciously pay attention to the commercials that are on TV. Pay attention to the political messages, the news cycle. You know, so many people are just, oh my God, I cannot believe that Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. What is going on there in the United States? Again, <laughs> we are bombarded with messages of fear. And Donald Trump has taken the bombardment of fear that is being fed to the U.S. population and has exploited it to get people to look his way. You know, it, it, takes, <laughs> it takes like five years to be, to be a manager at a restaurant or a um, you know, clothing store. You have to have experience behind you. But Donald Trump has zero political experience and he's going to be one of the two nominees for President of the United States. Are you kidding so you cannot tell me that the U.S. anyways, again, U.S. is not conditioned by being bombarded with fear messages. So, anyways, <laughs> I will step down from the fear box and tell you guys about that. And I want to thank you so much for joining me here at Ask Alley. If you like this episode, if you found it helpful... Please rate it and tell your friends. The more people who listen, the more people I could help have their aha moments. Join me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can find me at AllieThies.com. You guys have yourself a wonderful week, and I am sure I'll have stories to talk about when it comes to the bus for next Monday's podcast. Have a great one, guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.